0: going linux episode 364 back to basics definition of terms part one welcome to the going linux podcast i'm your host larry bushy
1: and i'm your co-host bill
0: whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux.
1: We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done.
0: In today's episode, the first of several parts that will get us back to basics
1: today we're going to be defining some of the terms that may be unfamiliar to users beginning to use linux hello larry how are you today
0: i am doing just fine uh, and i'm very pleased with our latest experiment on what we might replace google plus with
1: yes i like We. it's um believe me i've been looking around trying to find one uh per your instructions and Uh, I can't remember. I think one of our listeners recommended we should look at MeWe. So I went and looked at it. And then before I signed up, I went and looked at their privacy uh, policies and stuff. And, hey, guess what? It was started in where I uh, live. is in Albuquerque, New Mexico.
0: All right. So homegrown.
1: Homegrown. It is – well, I don't live in Albuquerque anymore, but I live right outside Albuquerque. So anyway – Um, Close enough. Close enough. And, uh, it seems to be everything that I detested about Facebook and it's not any of that. So I'm like, yay. Um, it has a lot of features. I like the look of it. It seems to be kind of a a hybrid between, um, Facebook and, uh, Google plus. So I think if our listeners like like it we might be able to kick google plus to the curb and go with mewee
0: yeah and one of its advantages over discord which is what we were trying at first and we still have that going uh, oh yeah google, uh, a going linux chat on discord um one of the advantages of mewee is that it's all by way of a web browser as opposed to having to install discord on your computer i guess discord you can run from the website as well if you want to from a browser yeah you Um, can yeah but it's it's gonna continue to hassle you to try to download an application um yeah
1: but one of the things that I, i heard from our listeners was that um it was hard to search for conversations because of the way that it um they they're persistent but they're hard to find. There's no search feature uh, oh, okay. that they could find, and also when you haven't been on for a day and there's like twelve conversations, you kind of have a hard time picking up where the conversation was. So, you know, we use um we used to use the Google Plus to uh, you know get things for our user feedback and and. Stuff like that. So, if someone asks a question now, you're you're able to see it uh, mm-hmm. in Miwi, and then you can reply instead of you could reply on Discord, but it might be buried with all the other um, yeah. conversations. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I I think that's good feedback, and that and um, other factors might just steer us towards Miwi. The uh, voice and video chat on MeWe costs money, which is something we don't necessarily want to pay for, but we might uh, going forward. In the meantime, if we do have uh, audio chats that we want, we can continue to use Discord for that. And I'll include notes to our Discord chat room in the show notes, as well as the Going Linux group on MeWe. And right now, I have our website's community link, which is community.goinglinux.com. It's pointing at Discord, but if we actually decide to go with MeWe, I'll repoint that at MeWe so that when you type in community.goinglinux.com, you'll go to the one that we've actually decided to go with.
1: Yeah. So, so it, we'll
0: we'll take care of that as we solidify our choices.
1: Yeah, As um as we... Work toward our final decision. You know, we want as much feedback as we can get. Uh, If you what you like and what you don't. Now, just a caveat: you do not have to pay anything to use MeWe. But if you want to use, and you can text in a group, and you can text each Mm -hmm. other for free. But uh, the um, audio and video, which they say is um, high quality and stuff, if you decide that you want it, it's ninety two bucks a month. I think that's how they're, you know, they're selling like uh, icon, little emojis and they're selling like different themes and, you know, for different services. One of the things that when you uh, sign up for Mi- MiWi, they give you eight gigabytes of storage space for your photos and stuff. But if you want, if you, you're using more, they kind of want you to, once uh, you to get past the eight, gigabyte they want you to pay for it uh, or a month so I think that's how they're monetizing it they're not doing using ads and they're not tracking they're not selling your data like Facebook so I mean they got to make money and I understand that so I think what they're trying to do is like we have all these features we're gonna give you all of them for uh, free up until a certain limit and if you want some of the more premium features then we ask you chip in a little bit I don't know about you but Two bucks is not much uh, if we find that it works well. So you can use it uh, as much as as you want. It just kind of depends on what you're using it for. But so far, I haven't seen anything that would make me go, I hate this site or I think it's a scam uh, or, you know, it's not a good idea. So kind of just yeah. uh, see how things go. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you want to go there right now and make a comment and, Give us some feedback. It's mewe spelled m e w e dot com slash join slash going Linux all one word, and that will get you in if you're not already there, and it will log you in if you are on mewe already. And some other famous or infamous podcasts about Linux. You already use mewe like the Mintcast. And a couple others, so we're in good company. Regardless of which way we go, Discord, MeWe, or if we decide to start a group on Facebook.
1: <laughs>
0: no, maybe not. Okay.
1: Okay. They, they, do you need to drink, uh, take some of your coffee because you said that yeah, word? Yeah, uh-huh. I
0: know. Uh-huh. <sighs> just threw up in my mouth just a little.
1: <laughs> you shouldn't do that. So, no. okay. Beginning this, this episode, let's define some of the uh, basic terms. Sure. So, over the years, uh, both computing hardware and the Linux operating system have made significant advances. It has been easier to understand, learn, and use. It is much more geared to the average computer user, whatever average means.
0: Yeah, and whatever average means, this series of episodes that we're starting with this one will interest you whether you are new to Linux and want to improve your computing security or or whether you're simply tired of your computer system telling you what it's going to do and you want it to simply work the way you want it to.
1: Our intent is to provide a series of episodes that update the information we've been providing for over the past 12 years. We also want to ensure that we continue to provide a reference for Linux users to use as a reference when using Linux for their day-to-day computing needs. So, you know, as time moves on, uh, things change, and we want to try to keep that current.
0: Exactly. And in this series, we intend to have a couple of episodes to define some terms and then discuss topics such as what is Linux? What is Linux? Why Linux? Uh, What do you get with every Linux distribution? And we'll discuss how to choose the right distribution based on criteria such as your intended use, the desktop environment, prepackaged applications, and more.
1: Okay, Larry, you've just thrown out a bunch of uh, buzzwords. Okay, a few buzzwords. Uh, Distribution, package, and desktop environment. We'd better uh, start defining some of these terms right away. So let's start with a term that is thrown around while discussing Linux and open source free. Freedom versus no charge. In the Linux world, the two concepts are often referenced using phrases popularized by the Free Software Foundation's founder, Richard Stallman, as free as in speech and free as in beer, respectively. The two terms refer to computer programs and to classify them according to the licenses and legal restrictions that cover them, such as copyright and patents. Free as as in beer is the easiest to define. It means no charge, no cost, Um, it is sometimes called free with a lowercase f,
0: right. And free as in speech is also called free with a capital F or software Libre. Uh, According to the free software foundation, free software means software that respects users, freedoms and community. Roughly free software means that users have the right and freedom to copy run, distribute, study, change, and improve the software. So software that is free with a capital F is free as in freedom, whether its distributor provides it free of charge or charges a fee for it. There are several other related terms that probably need to be defined and compared as well. We have a table in an article on the Going Linux website that compares some of the characteristics of software that is free, that is no charge, gratis, uh, software that is free and open source, or Libra, closed source, proprietary, and non-free. So a little information on each of those in that table.
1: The table is meant to illustrate the rights of the average user, not the rights of the reseller, redistributor, or another vendor. Note, also, that there is some ambiguity over the actual definition of certain terms, such as non-free. This table makes no attempt to resolve the ambiguity. It also does not address the distinction between freeware and shareware. Although not strictly correct for our discussion, we're going to consider proprietary to mean the same thing as closed source and non-free we we'll also consider them to be the opposite of open source software and that free as in freedom software is a subset of open source software. We'll provide links to our article and all of these additional terms in our show notes at shownotes.goinglinks.com.
0: Right, and… Describing and defining freedom is probably the most complicated thing we've had to do. (laughs) So uh, sorry for all of the disclaimers and everything else that goes along with that. But it's pretty important to uh, define it up front because Linux is one of the main open source and free uh, software examples that is thrown around by certainly the Linux community, if not the open source community in, in general. Another very basic term that we should probably define and provide examples is operating system. I think we all kind of know what an operating system is, but by definition, an operating system is a computer's system software that manages the computer hardware and software resources and provides common services for computer programs. If it's a usable computer, it has an operating system. And a computer can be a personal computer, such as a laptop or desktop, a server or supercomputer, a gaming console, a mobile phone, a smartwatch, a security system, an elevator, a refrigerator, a smart switch, a smart light bulb, a television, a voice-enabled virtual assistant, and on and on and on.
1: Some specific examples of computer hardware include Dell, HP, System76, and Apple Laptops, desktops and servers Amazon Echo Google Home and Apple HomePod Microsoft Xbox the Nintendo Switch the Wii U and the PlayStation 4 Wimo, Lutron Philips IoT devices and many smart home appliances These days almost any hardware that contains a chip can be considered a computing device you can be sure that if a device can connect to your home Wi-Fi or directly to the Internet, the device is a computer.
0: Right, and although Linux is the most common operating system found on the vast majority of computing devices, let that sink in for a minute, we will now focus our attention on the operating systems used in our personal laptop or desktop computers. The most familiar operating systems in this category are Windows, macOS, Chrome, and Linux. There are others like BSD and Unix, but we'll focus on the first four most familiar to most people.
1: You can recognize the first three by their logos. You'll find that macOS is a proprietary operating system from a company called Apple. The logo for the operating system is a stylized Apple with a bite out of it. Windows is a proprietary operating system from Microsoft, and this logo is a stylized Windows frame like you might see in a house. The proprietary Chrome operating system is from Google, and this logo is a blue circle surrounded by a ring divided equally in red, green, and yellow segments. These logos have changed over time, but have remained very similar over the past several years. Apple and Google each have a single current version of their respective operating system for any given hardware platform, and they begin begun to obsolete the old version when they release a new one. Google actually provides a separate, somewhat open source operating system called Chromium, but we'll confine our discussions here to the proprietary Chrome OS. Microsoft also begins to op- obsolete its previous version whenever it releases a new one, but it has several versions for different types of users. It has a server version, a severely limited version for low powered computer hardware, and a more full-featured version for laptop and desktop users. There is even a version for developers.
0: Although Tux the Penguin is the single logo that represents Linux, there's a vast selection of different types of Linux, each with its own branding and logo. Unlike the other three operating systems, which are proprietary, and developed and controlled almost entirely by a single corporation, the main varieties of Linux are developed by over 200 corporations, many non-profit organizations, thousands of open source developers, and even individual users. Why are there so many different versions of Linux? Because Linux is open source, anyone can modify it, use it, sell it, distribute it for free under the terms of its various licenses. As a result, when someone has an idea that they can make the operating system better or specifically modify it for a specific purpose, they can do it. What that means for computer users is that you can find a specialized version of Linux for almost any application. Are you a video and audio engineer? There's a Linux for that. Build Raspberry Pi-based devices? There's a Linux for that. Do you test computer networks for security breaches? There's a Linux for that too.
1: Different versions of Linux are called distributions. A couple of the most recognizable Linux distributions are Red Hat, recently acquired by IBM and used mainly on corporate and internet servers, and Ubuntu, backed by a company called Canonical. Ubuntu is distributed for corporate and internet servers and for personal computing as well. Ubuntu is also available pre-installed on computer hardware from Dell, System76, and several other manufacturers and distributors. Companies like IBM and Canonical that are behind some Linux distributions sell services surrounding their operating systems, but no open source application charges. A licensing fee for usage and most open source distributions Red Hat, SuSE, Debian, Ubuntu, etc. can be obtained at no charge from their website. The open source philosophy behind Linux guarantees that it will continue to be this way and that the most popular versions will be full-featured, well supported, and secure. If you want a feel for the hundreds of Linux distributions there are available visit distrowatch.com it may sound intimidating but there are so many to choose from but we'll be providing some guidance in the future episodes on how to choose the right distribution of Linux for you
0: something else that might require some guidance is choosing a desktop environment The concept of desktop environment is never mentioned with Windows, macOS, or Chrome. That's because in each of those operating systems, there is only one choice, the desktop environment that the operating system provides. A desktop environment typically consists of icons, windows, toolbars, folders, wallpapers, and desktop widgets. The desktop environment is a graphical user interface that can also provide drag-and-drop Functionality and other features that make the desktop metaphor more complete. A desktop environment provides a user with a way to interact with the computer using concepts which are similar to those used when interacting with the physical world, such as buttons and Windows. Microsoft's Windows operating system's built in interface was called Luna in Windows XP, Arrow in Windows Vista, and in Windows 7, Metro in Windows 8 and 8.1, and Modern in Windows 10. Aqua is the name of the desktop environment included with Apple's macOS.
1: I I hated Metro. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Uh, There are many programs for Linux that can be used to create the desktop metaphor. Each provides a unique computing experience with different styles of Windows and icons on the display. Some even have special effects for actions such as minimizing and maximizing Windows. On Linux systems, desktop environments are much more dynamic and customizable than they are on Windows, macOS, and Chrome. A Linux desktop environment consists of several separate components, including a window manager, a file manager, a set of graphical themes, and tools for managing the desktop. All of these individual modules can be exchanged and independently configured to suit users, but most desktop environments provide a default configuration that works with minimal or no-user setup. The graphical environments for Linux have names such as Ambient, Bungie, CDE, Cinnamon, EDE, Enlightenment, GNOME, GNU-STEP, KDE, Lumia, LXDE, LXQT, mate pantheon trinity unity and xfce Whew. and that's just to name a few of them <laughs> yes your choice of linux distribution may offer several choices of desktop environments you can install a different desktop environment later if you wish but users typically choose the desktop environment at the time they choose the distribution and in, in fact since linux distributions are free many linux users try out several distributions in desktop environments before they settle on the one they like the best for the work they want to get done
0: and we have three more related terms to define in this episode application package and repository an application is a self-contained piece of software that performs a specific function this can be as complex as a web browser or as simple as a text command that tells you what version of Linux you're using. When a Linux user says package, think software package. This is the file itself that you use to install and or run an application.
1: Almost every software package that is available and tested for Linux is available in your Linux distributions, online software repository, or software catalog. The concept of software repositories is likely not all that familiar to long time users switching from Windows since classic Windows users normally had to go to a brick and mortar store or go online to purchase new software for the Microsoft operating system. For Mac OS users, however, the concept of an Apple App Store is similar in concept to the software repositories, both contain trusted applications verified to run on their respective operating systems unlike most software in the App Store. The vast majority of Linux applications are neither proprietary nor expensive.
0: The software repositories for Ubuntu, for example, are managed, maintained, and updated by the distribution's maintainers and are variably referred to as the software catalog, the software library, the software center, software sources, or simply software repositories. These repositories contain almost all of the full-featured, free, and open-source software that has been tested for installation on Ubuntu and Ubuntu derivatives. And they won't put spyware and viruses on your computer.
1: Software centers and package managers are, are examples of applications that are used to browse and retrieve software packages from software repositories.
0: And I think we've given our listeners enough to chew on for basic definitions at this point, I think. Bill, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh, this episode sounded like a lawyer wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Especially at the free part, when we're we're defining free. Well, I was like, uh, this sounds like we sent this to the Going Links legal department.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we don't
1: have one of those.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I am, I guess, the legal department uh, with absolutely no qualifications to be in that department. Uh, But since I wrote it, I was trying to be as careful as I could to get the the language precise. Yeah. Because there's a lot of controversy over, believe it or not, the difference between the terms free, open source, Libra, non-free. All of that. You'd, you'd think it would be pretty straightforward, but it there's isn't. some fine, fine distinctions between each of those. And I don't want to get into that mess.
1: Well, you know, it's funny is that when you're discussing, uh, when we were discussing that, I was just thinking that uh, Richard Stallman would probably disagree with about, oh, everything we just 100%. said. hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Because he doesn't think that... Uh, there should be any type of um, I don't know. We wouldn't go into Richard Stallman. If you're interested in Richard Stallman, you should look him up because he 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 doesn't like people saying Linux. He likes to say him GNU Linux, you know. So so he's got he's an interesting guy. He has uh, contributed a lot to the Linux uh, uh, you know, ecosystem, but he definitely is much more hard-lined than. I would say ninety percent of the people we know. So,
0: yeah, I would I would agree with that. And uh, <laughs> Richard Stallman is, from the interviews that I have heard, yes, he is. Let's just say a
1: unique individual. Well, yeah, I did call him unique. He is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and yeah. what's also another one that you should, uh, if you if you're just reading about uh, uh, different people that have contributed to Linux over the years, you know, Richard Stallman, and and then. Uh, Linus Torvalds, uh, he's an interesting yes. guy too. I mean, he, uh, I've w- read some of his uh, his posts uh, to the developers and stuff when they submit packages. And let's just put it, he he's from Finland, and uh, he doesn't mince words. He he can sound a little brutal, but it just shows how passionate he is. But uh, why we're also um, talking on this, and you know. Larrys we probably have a several um people say well I want to try this Linux where do I start so why don't we just give them a few maybe a few uh, starting points so I would say if you're looking for a good starting point look at Ubuntu Mate uh and what's the guy's the developer's name uh that is in charge Martin of Martin
0: Wimpress is okay. the, the head of uh the project, and yeah, uh, Ubuntu Mate is, from its name, you can tell it's, a, it's a, a, a derivative of Ubuntu, and it uses the Mate desktop environment. So it's kind of self-explanatory what you're getting there.
1: But it's a great place to start.
0: It, it is a great place to start. You could start with almost any of the Ubuntu derivatives and any of the official flavors of Ubuntu and not go not go wrong there. So things in the Ubuntu family, the official Ubuntu family are Ubuntu itself, uh, Ubuntu Mate, Zubuntu. Yeah, that's a good one. um, Lubuntu, I think is an official, it may may be official, maybe it's not, but it's in the Ubuntu family. um, And many, many, many others. But uh, I think the most popular is probably Ubuntu itself, uh, and perhaps some of the others, but our most recommended version for newcomers to Linux is Ubuntu Mate or Linux Mint, which is also an Ubuntu derivative. And if you were to go onto the Linux Mint site, you'll see they give you the option, as does Ubuntu, uh, of downloading it with a desktop environment that suits you, whether that's Cinnamon or what are the other ones? Uh, GNOME.
1: Gnome or um, Mate, I Mate, but uh, I didn't specifically say uh, Linux Mint uh, because I wanted them, uh, the people that might decide they want to look at it, just to kind of stay a little closer to the maybe the Ubuntu uh, family because Linux Mint does modify it quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I, w- I would I would say. And you know if you if you want something that will that will work, uh, um, I would say 99.9 percent of the time I would stay closer to the Ubuntu side, and that's just my opinion, and I you know you can disagree with me, but I think Ubuntu Mate would be a solid uh, one to start with, and then it, once you've you know got kind of got your feet wet and said you know. Let me look around. Well, they have the, where the, you can actually um, change the theme uh, to a very cinnamon. They have this, a cinnamon uh, desktop kind of set up, so it's just a matter of a couple clicks, and you can kind of see which one you like. One of the reasons I chose that is because it also has some others. It has, uh, I call it the knockoff of the, the, the uh, generic Ubuntu. I know it has a cinnamon-like one. It has – or I think they call it modern or something. But wh- mm-hmm. I know they have several different ones that you can just click and check. And then once they find the one they like, they can either stay with that one or they might say, I like this. Let me find one that you know uh, has customized even more. So I would, I would uh, suggest if you're just getting your feet wet and you want something that has the most compatible – Uh, compatibility that I've found and the most software uh, that's easy to find and install, I would say a bunch of mate for right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But if you want to get a flavor for, as we've said earlier in the podcast for what's available in Linux, um, there are thousands of different uh, distributions of Linux that are available to you. But if you go to distrowatch.com, you'll see on the right-hand side, about a third of the way down the page, there is a page red page hit ranking uh, mm-hmm. of the top 100. And don't read too much into the order. Uh, the way they rank them is based on how many people are curious enough to click on it on their website for the day. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, and that's how that's that's their statistics. You know, it's yeah. more a, a ranking of curiosity than anything else. And as we're recording this, the order is this Manjaro is number one. MX Linux, Mint, Elementary, Ubuntu, Debian, Fedora, Solus, OpenSUSE, Zorin. And those are just the top 10. So uh, lots and lots. And in the center of the page, they typically list the most recently updated distributions. And at the time we're recording this, the one at the top is Solid XK, which is actually two versions of Solid Uh, There's Solid X and Solid K, but they marketed it as Solid XK. Mm -hmm. And uh, there you go. Um, And the X refers to XFCE, if I remember correctly, and K refers to KDE. So it's referencing the desktop environment there. And then the next one on the list is Linux from Scratch. Definitely not a (laughs) newbie Linux distribution, because Linux from Scratch is a book. Literally a book. It is a book. Build it yourself, yes, from scratch, as it suggests.
1: Probably not the best choice for someone starting out, but we gave. Uh, I want to give one more recommendation, just in case someone would like to try um, KDE, because I don't believe Ubuntu Mate has a uh, a theme for that one. I would uh, recommend PC Linux OS. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't particularly like KDE as some long-time listeners know but I do like how uh, PC Linux OS uh, gets things uh, installed and how they have it set up I think it's a really uh, solid KDE release so I would you know if you're looking for something KDE and, or, and you don't want Mate or Cinnamon or or this the uh, unity type desktop or the GNOME 3 then you can look at PC Linux OS, it's very user-friendly, and it's got a great community. So I think we've kind of given them a little bit of ways to kind of maybe get their feet wet. Uh, we got you know, two of them, uh, that, or, or we actually named more than two, but we've kind of given them the idea of where they can kind of look and maybe get their feet wet. So uh, anyway, I hope that's helpful.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping it is as well. And if you have any comments or feedback, of course, email us or uh, put a note in uh, one of our two possible chat rooms <laughs> that we have going. Um, but I think for a first uh, back to basics episode, we've covered the definition of all of the basic terms we need to get yeah. started in a discussion in a little bit more depth for people new to Linux or just want to review some of the basics. So I think in our next uh, episode, we will have listener feedback as always, but the one after that in user experience episode, we'll, we'll switch back to our run your business on Linux series. Uh, and then the one after that will be a back to basics, Next episode on Back to Basics will probably be what is Linux. So we'll define Linux as um a, in a little more depth, you know, what yes. is it? Um how do we um go about trying it before you commit to a specific distribution? Some of the powerful features that are part of it, the fact that it has security built in, we'll talk about that a little bit. It may end up being a single episode or more likely it'll be multiple episodes. Uh, There's a lot to talk about around what is Linux and why choose Linux in the first place is kind of the first place to start.
1: Yep, I think that's great.
0: Okay, our next episode, of course, will be listener feedback. And until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done.
1: And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on Discord or MeWe.
0: Okay, until next time, thanks for
1: listening. 73.
0: The music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.